Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Libro Cube. I think that's probably not the first time I've done that, I would assume, but it's the first time I remember doing that, which is something. Something, speaking of, that I like to say at the top of every show, can you really segue with the word something? That doesn't seem fair. Something that I like to talk about at the top of every show is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh my god. I couldn't even say it with a straight face, let alone a gay one. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes because those are good for podcasts and this is one. Lastly, but not leastly, but maybe leastly, is a spoiler warning. I may spoil things. You could tell what may be spoiled by uh, reading the description of the episode. I may not spoil things. I don't know. I have no plan, basically, at all. Uh, you know what? My plan, such as it is, you can basically see in the episode description. That is the notes I have. The only sort of addition is in my notes are identical with the addition of some links to, say, the pages for IMDb for the various movies or the Wikipedia pages, which I may or may not glance at. That's how I roll. Speaking of rolling, let me push this button. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Presents. Yay, Presents. Movie the first, For the Love of Spock. Uh, this may be the first movie I can ever remember where in the first friggin' five minutes uh, I shed a tear uh, and then didn't at the end. Normally it's the reverse. Normally you cry. Oh, you know what? The movie Up. That probably... I don't remember crying at the beginning of the movie Up, but... I assume, like most we did, this similar, you get your cries out early, and then the rest of the movie, uh, you should be good. If you have a brain identical to mine. And who's to say if you do? Uh, for the Did I say the name of the movie yet? For the Love of Spock. It is a documentary, a biographical documentary, from uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy's son who I guess sort of took footage and stories from him as a kid and interviews with uh, various Star Trek people and created this uh, pretty amazing uh, little doc about Spock. 
Uh, not even necessarily, and this was sort of the tack he took, <laughs> uh, about Leonard Nimoy, but more focusing on the actual character of Spock. Uh, I mean, we dip into Leonard Nimoy himself, of course, that makes total logical sense, but a lot of it is focusing on the character and, and how he came to be and what he is and what he, what it means to be Spock. Uh, jeez, did they say it in the movie i'm pretty sure at some point someone must have said there's a little spock in all of us and uh, i have always felt that to be very true uh the, the whole logic thing i've used as a sort of template for many of my life choices and decisions and such not having kids for example um rating wise i'm gonna go uh, uh, a i was just about a solid five but no a five, but not a solid one. Oh, take that for the love of Spock, whatever that means. Okay, uh, moving on to true memories of an international assassin. Dumb. Uh, something about these Netflix-made uh, action comedy movies that work well on a, a day where you're playing video games and you have on them in the background. <laughs> a ringing endorsement. Uh, yeah, this one stars none other than Mr. Kevin James. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of reprising a little bit of uh, Paul Blartiness, uh, just in the sense of a unlikely hero, uh, which I like. You know what? Uh, unlikely hero movies, despite me making fun of this, I, I like this as a genre, if it could be said to be one. Uh, the sort of underdog uh, dude or dudette. Although, I don't know if there's an example of this. Underdog girl coming against uh, odds that should probably kill her in real life. But then ends up persevering. Yeah, that's sad. They should make uh, one with a girl. Maybe there isn't, I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Which is also bad. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, under the scenario I have mentioned, playing a video game while having it on the background gets a, you know, a solid three or four. If you were just to sit down and watch this movie, it's not very good. <laughs> Probably like a two out of five, uh, if that. Uh, this, I laughed a few times, and you know what? I'm not, I'm not against Kevin James. Yeah. Ringing endorsements all around. Uh, next, moving on to two count. Well, no need to count them because I am telling you there's two. Uh, two uh, 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 Christmas movies. We've got Scrooged and Elf. Uh, the reason that I am combining these is because these are both Christmas movies that the missus had never seen. What the fuck? How is that possible? Uh, yeah, doesn't boggled my mind. So, because a little behind the scenes action, uh, it is around Christmas time when I am recording this. We decided to watch them. Uh, Scrooge is one of my favorite just movies of all time. Definitely my favorite Christmas movie. If you crazy, yeah, I don't. Well, I do know why I did it. If you Google Scrooge, uh, and my name Jordan Maywood or Scrooged reenactment, uh, you will see on the interwebs uh, five now. Yeah, when is this posting? Yeah, five separate uh, podcasts in which I have read slash poorly voice acted 
the entire script to the movie Scrooge. I did this the very first year I was podcasting, so that was 2012. And my sort of reason being is I thought around the holidays, I probably won't want to record. I'll probably have a lot going on, blah, 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 bing, 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 blah. Uh, So my reason was uh, I'll record this, and then every year when the holidays rolls around, I'll sort of just re-release it as a sort of special holiday, almost three-hour-long episode of an idiot reading a script, basically. Wow. Why would I do that? Uh, Scrooge, the movie, 5 out of 5. Scrooge, the me reading it. Oh, I, that, that's off the scale, and probably not in a good way. Uh, Elf, yeah, holds up well. Uh, you know what? People love this movie. I think it's a very good movie, but uh, rating-wise, I'd probably go like a 3.5 or 4. It's uh, it's it's okay. It's uh, I think it's one of those... Uh, maybe remembering it better than it was out of uh, sort of a nostalgia factor. Uh, so went in with high hopes and then they weren't exactly met. But still, very, very good. Uh, you could do a lot worse, a lot worse in the Christmas uh, movie uh, genre. Ooh, getting a lot of genres in today. Uh, last but not least is Youth. Uh, this is a strange, what's well, this, comedy drama music. On IMDb. You know what? Let's read the IMDb because this might be interesting. Uh, A retired orchestra conductor is on holiday with his daughter and his film director best friend in the Alps when he receives an invitation from Queen Elizabeth II to perform from Prince Philip's birthday. That is not a good description of this movie. Uh, that Queen Elizabeth performed Prince Philip's birthday is takes up maybe, of this two-hour and four-minute movie, takes up maybe 15 minutes. The rest is just uh, this dude, this conductor, played by Mr. Michael Caine, I might add. Um, him and his sort of interactions of the other people at this sort of spa, sort of, it's got a feel of a kind of a rehab nuthouse sometimes, just a sort of weird cast of characters that are there. Uh, it is definitely, speaking of weird, a weird movie. And for that reason, I did enjoy it rating-wise. Jeez, uh, I almost want to watch this again because I watched it... Uh, I think while playing video games, as I do most things, and I feel like this deserves a rewatch down the road, full sort of attention, uh, because it's got sort of that artsy, maybe I missed something vibe to it. So I'm going to give it a four now, with a potential five down the road, which I am really raking in the convoluted ratings today, as I do, as I roll, play... Today's television talk sponsor is Horace and Pete's. Oh, that actually might be a conflict of interest because we're talking Horace and Pete's. <laughs> what a coincidence. Uh, oh, okay, wait, I see here it's the bar that's sponsoring us, not the television show, quote-unquote, that we're here to talk about. I say television show, quote-unquote, for the reason that... Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Horace and Pete, uh, it didn't technically appear on television, and neither uh, cable network or uh, Netflix 
what it was, uh, it was a creation of Mr. Louis C.K. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he created the show and uh, released it on his own sort of personal platform, which is a ballsy thing to do that most people could not get away with. Uh, seemingly, from what I heard of uh, interviews and hubbubs, yeah, hubbubs, I'm using that, uh, did very well for himself. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with not just being Louis C.K., but for putting out a product that is pretty incredible. Uh, <laughs> one of my sort of biggest sh awe of this thing is that I knew going in that it wasn't a comedy. I, I knew not to expect Louis C.K. creating something. He's a comedian. You think it's going to be laughs plenty. There's the odd laugh, yes. Uh, something that I heard of people who sort of didn't know not to expect laughs is that they throughout were, sur were, were sort of watching this, waiting for the big laugh to happen at the end, or something to that effect. I went into this knowing that was not going to happen, and the amazing thing is, I was still expecting the sort of big laugh to happen at the end. And it was sort of a, an, an amazing trick of the brain, it almost felt like. Like, uh, here I am, knowing for the most part that what I'm watching is a serious uh, drama, uh, knowing that it's not going to be jokes all the time. I still found myself expecting jokes just because of Louis C.K. and a lot of the people involved and the people on the screen at any given moment. Uh, so, uh, it's, it was an interesting sort of brain phenomena. Okay, so now what is Horace and Pete's? It's a bar. Uh, I'm looking at the IMDb, uh, or the Wikipedia, actually, uh, established in 1916. So uh, what this sort of story is based around is, um, brothers opened this bar. Uh, they had sons. They named their sons Horace and Pete's. Uh, and then when they died, the sons took over, and that has repeated up until this day. Uh, the sons now are Louis C.K. as Horace and Steve Buscemi as Pete. So it's just a couple of guys running a bar. Uh, we've got uh, Alan Alda, the former Pete. Or was he a Horace? I think he was a Pete. Uh, it's, which, <laughs> if you ever want to hear uh, Alan Alda swear and be a crotchety old man, you could do so here. It's got uh, Jessica Lang. uh always incredible uh steven wright who i love to see he is in my top five of comedians just period so to see him in a in a role here of just sort of a, a almost a norm uh bar staple type uh was great to see there's 10 episodes something that uh, louis ck was able to do was they don't necessarily follow any normal half hour one hour structure they're sort of uh, i see here that they range from 30 to 67 minutes uh as i say did say you will have the odd laugh but for the most part this is probably one of the most depressing things i've ever watched in my entire life <laughs> not even uh, to the degree of making you cry necessarily although you might uh just the, the sort of shock that I don't know if I ever felt that what was happening on screen couldn't happen in real life. It was so bad. I, I, I don't. Th I think maybe it sort of threads that line. Um, but you can, in the end, I suppose, see some of the things that happen could actually happen. 
Uh, Rating-wise, gotta go 5 out of 5. Really incredible. Uh, I hope he experiments more with this sort of stuff. Lovely. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Marble Rye Shadow Bread. So we're talking Shadow Bread. Oh, wait a second. Which is, of course, a Forgotten Realms novel. Specifically, book one of The Twilight War by Paul S. Kemp. Now, what do all those words mean? It means we're looking at a goddamn fantasy trilogy. Yes. As I have uh, mentioned, from my point of view, it is near the Christmas holidays, and what I like to do around that time, knowing I have a lot of time off, is try to find a good, uh, at least trilogy, if not moreology, uh, to have on the go so I have something to sort of read while I'm on holidays. Uh, I love everything Forgotten Realms. I've read so much in the Forgotten Realms universe, uh, so sort of came across this. And so far, after reading book one and being a little bit into book two, I am a big fan from the point of view of uh, the reason I read for the most part is to escape from reality. So, if your story is so far from reality, it means that escape is that much further. Uh, Now, in terms of a well-written, not cheesy book, uh, not well-trod in some respects book this may not have uh that <laughs> a couple of times i found myself sort of shaking my head like oh geez <laughs> uh but then other times i felt my health felt myself nodding my head like yeah this is fucking awesome uh paul s kemp is not afraid of really delving into magic which uh actually if you listen to my not too long ago talk of the Arthur series. Oh, what the hell was that called? Anyways, King Arthur and his court, all that sort of stuff. Uh, one of my complaints, yeah, I guess it would be, uh, was that although I liked it, didn't really get into the magical side of things, where this is just sort of overloaded. Uh, your main character is a shade, which is like uh, not alive, not dead, kind of at one with the shadows. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, dude, uh, quite often in fantasy books, your main character is a little on the, uh, not boring side, but, uh, usually not as magical as, as this dude. So, uh, so I do appreciate that. And he finds himself in some sticky situations. Uh, but basically he can't die <laughs> unless he sort of is exploded. Uh, he regenerates very quickly. He's both a cleric as well as a, a shade, which means he prays to a god, uh, the god of thieves, in fact, who can give him magical powers. Uh, and then he's got his own sort of magical powers that come with being a shade. Uh, so he's really super, super powerful, which is, it, it's fun because I, I find in fantasy novels, your main character, there's that, there is that fun of wondering if they're going to be okay, but then you go on the other end of the spectrum like this and it's like, you know, he's going to be okay really. Cause he cannot really die or at least not easily, but how is he going to 
complete his goals even with these powers. It's more of a goal versus uh, survival. I, I guess that's how you can look at it. Uh, okay, so your main character, the Shade dude, has sort of uh, shaken himself off after uh, a bit of a defeat where one of his friends was killed. See, there you go. He, he has other problems other than being killed. Um, and decides to go back to his home and uh, be in service of uh, a prince kind of guy. Uh, it turns out this prince kind of guy, uh, who his family has sort of helped throughout the centuries, is a bit of a jerk and is going to war... Uh, that's when we sort of roll in the other side of the story, which is this evil, um, I'm going to say princess, that's not accurate, who's trying to have these two kingdoms fight one another. So the scope of this book is pretty incredible. From, uh, from battling krakens. Yeah, that, that part was pretty cool. Uh, 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 battling Krakens and then controlling a Kraken to uh, attack a city to make a diversion while you're trying to break someone out of a prison where magic doesn't work that goes deep into the bowels of Earth. <sighs> Just for as an example. Uh, so yeah, this book uh, so far, I, I, I gotta go 5 out of 5. It, it's just really, it, it's tickling my fancy, although not necessarily in a uh, gonna win a book award ways and you know what because i'm not a professional reviewer of things that is how i can review it you're welcome Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Awkward Moment Time Rewinder. Okay, so we have a new game for you. It is called Life is Strange. New, from the point of view of I'm just playing it, I guess. Uh, okay, so if you are at all interested in video games, there is a strong possibility that you have at the very least heard of this game. It was, uh, how would you call it? Well, Wikipedia calls it an episodic graphic adventure video game developed by Dontrod Entertainment and published by Square Enix. That's what they call it. I call it a sort of story-driven, choose-your-own-adventure movie is kind of how I would look at it. Um, I heard of uh, men playing this. Uh, and enjoying it because it sort of really puts you into a different point of view. Uh, you play any game, you're sort of playing it from the point of view of the character that you're playing. Uh, you do the same thing with this type of game where it's like all sort of visual, uh, less on the gameplay, more on the story. I feel like you potentially, and I think it's happened to me here, feel more in the foots, in the foots, oh god, of the character than you would in a game where you're just jumping around collecting coins or shooting people. Uh, that's a, that's a thought I have that I think is probably accurate. Um, so you play a 18-year-old uh, college girl. <laughs> so for a, uh, what am I, 36? 
36, 35, sometimes I get it wrong, uh, 181, whatever that means, uh, from a 36-year-old non-college girl <laughs> uh, to, to sort of play as her, it, it's sort of a fascinating, another brain thing going on here. Uh, I went into this game not knowing much. I, for the most part, when it comes to video games, don't watch trailers. Uh, for the most part, I find it fairly easy if you're at all committed to avoid spoilers. So I, I went into this not really knowing anything about it. Uh, and then after playing it for a little while, thinking, okay, this is kind of cool. I'm going to play this girl at college. Seems like maybe shit's going down. There's a missing girl. Maybe the point of this five-part story will be to uh, figure out what happened to the girl. Maybe there's some murders involved. We'll be like little detectives and such. Uh, boy, <laughs> did that fucking take a turn for the X-Files-Z. Uh, when eventually, fairly early on, I gained the ability to rewind time for short periods. Yes. Rewind time. Time manipulation. I've often thought that if I ever had that sort of one genie wish, it would be uh, the ability to manipulate time and its effects on matter. Oh, I think that's a pretty smart... Now, would that count as two wishes because you have the and in there? I don't know. Anyways, uh, so, so this girl, I don't know why yet, I don't know how, has this ability... Uh, so, for example, uh, I think one of the first examples you use is you're in class, your teacher asks a question, you don't know the answer, so you feel like an idiot. You uh, hear what the answer is, you rewind time, next time he asks you, you know what the answer is, because you just heard him say it. That's, that's sort of a simple, uh, a simple example of how you can use your time. Uh, th there's more complicated things at work, for example... If I were to get up in class, uh, take the keys off the desk of the teacher, he would see me and say, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, now, if I were to rewind time to when I was sitting down, I would actually still have his keys, which is an interesting little, little twist to it and adds for some puzzle elements. Uh, eventually, I get into a situation where... Uh, people don't like me want to kill me uh, and then I run in with my, uh, a girlfriend who I had uh, before I went to college we sort of I don't know if we had a falling out necessarily we just sort of drifted apart uh, and that's where I was uh, when I left off I, I think what I'm going to do is turn this into a two-parter because I'm done I think the first three of five chapters uh, I, I just wanted to say, uh, and this will be a little spoilery, uh, although on the, note of, uh, on, the note, on the note of spoilers when it comes to this game, uh, your decisions will change the effect of what happens in the game. So, uh, despite what I'm about to say maybe spoiling something, your actions could be totally different than mine, and I have no idea if you would end up in the same situation I did. Excuse me. Okay, so this is just an intro. To, to show you how cool this game is. Uh, eventually, after lots of cool shit happened I won't go into, uh, I reached this point where I'm looking at a photo of me and uh, this girl who there's a little lesbian thing brewing between us. I'll just add as a cherry on top of this whole talk. 
Uh, I'm looking at a photo of us from when we were kids uh, that just so happened to be from the day that her father died in a car accident. Uh, this power, apparently, uh, can be used in such a way that while looking at this photo, I can travel back in time to the time it was taken. Now, uh, I don't know why, having read, watched, whatever, played all the science fiction I have, I didn't realize that uh, the messing with time is not a good idea. <laughs> Bad things can and often will happen. So against what should have been my better judgment, I decided that I was going to try to save my uh, best friend's father from this car accident. So uh, it was a little tricky, but I did manage to stop him from going out, uh, going out where he would have been killed in a car accident. I then sort of suddenly flung back in time to the present to find that, oh shit, everything's changed. Fuck, I, I felt so stupid. Like, I should have known. How did I not know? Uh, one of the things that had changed was that my potential lesbian girlfriend was now in a wheelchair. So, you're welcome for saving your dad, I guess? Oh, five out of five so far, despite feeling like an idiot. A time-traveling idiot. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is the Bullpeg Demon Diner. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, so we have... First, You Made It Weird with guest Kevin Pollock. What? Uh, you Made It Weird uh, podcast with host Pete Holmes is one of the longest podcasts because he loves to talk from, from A to Z. He loves to talk of anything and anything. And everything. I said anything twice and then said everything for some reason. Uh, so when he had on Kevin Pollock, who also has a, has a podcast, I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring that back is because whenever Kevin Pollock comes up, I like to mention that he is the very first podcast I ever listened to. It was his episode one of Kevin Pollock's chat show with uh, uh, guest LeVar Burton. As I like to say, I came for the LeVar Burton, but stayed for the Kevin Pollock. Uh, if you ever want to know more about anyone, then you want to but uh, listen to his podcast because he goes deep with the research. Maybe not him personally, but his team. Uh, uh, Pete Holmes is not so much about the research of the guest as having interesting, deep conversations with the guest, which is what you will find here and on any of his episodes. Plus, his laugh is contagious. Uh, and they got punny, they got dad jokey, all good things highly recommend this episode moving on to item the second doom resurrected yes this is from mr danny o'dwyer and no clip oh i just see that this movie this movie uh, i just called it a movie because it feels like a movie uh this what would you call this documentary youtube series thing has 6666 views on youtube as of me recording this 
so if you're unfamiliar uh, with No Clip and Danny O'Dwyer, uh, listen to some of my past episodes where I mentioned he was formerly on GameSpot, uh, has branched out on his own a sort of ballsy maneuver to make his own content, specifically sort of really high class, high, um, uh, good looking, well made documentaries on video game related subjects. This one specifically, uh, the video game Doom and how it came to be, which uh, was a game I played. So, this three part series right now we've got to Helen back. Uh, designing a first impression and guns, guitars, and chess on Mars. Uh, all talks about how the newest Doom game came to be, uh, f- from the old up to the new. So really incredible. It goes really in depth uh, behind the scenes and and just uh, th- this could be on Netflix in in a day. It, you you take these three parts, put them into one. Uh, it's it's a super friggin' quality. I don't even know how to say. It's really good. Uh, okay, so uh, next we have... Uh, Co-Optitude, Alien Storm, with guest Trisha Hirschberger. Uh, this is good for a couple of reasons. Co-Optitude, you may know, I've spoken about it many times on this podcast, is from the good people over at Geek and Sundry. Felicia and Ryan Day, usually. But uh, Felicia's been off for a little while, and Ryan has had some uh, co-hosts with him, some guest co-hosts, one of which on a couple of episodes now is Trisha Hirschberger, who I'm not sure she's ever come up on the podcast before. I feel like she must have. Uh, Love her. uh, Video gaming nerdy girl. uh, Super hot with giant boobs. Just, you know, throwing that out there. Uh, One of the things I love of this is I feel like uh, Ryan Day is using this uh, web series as an excuse to try to pick up girls. And for that, I love him even more than perhaps I already did. And who can goddamn blame him because... There we go. Not only is uh, Trisha Hirschberger uh, beautiful, uh, nerdy, she's also very, very funny. Good one-liners and chemistry between these two. So, highly recommend you check that out. Okay, what's next? We have uh, The Earliest Show. Have I spoken of The Earliest Show yet? I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, All I wanted to mention here is that they released their outtakes and bloopers, and so goddamn delightful. I've never laughed as hard or as long, I should perhaps underline long, at bloopers uh, the earliest show was a, let's call it a web series, because that's the easiest thing to do. And probably all together, if you added every episode together, I think there was six episodes, about ten minutes each. Uh, less than, uh, anyways, all to go maybe 40 minutes. But the uh, the outtakes and bloopers was over an hour. Uh, on, on something like this, where it's all created... Um, using improv for the most part, most like you'll have an out, a story to follow, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, but then everything's improv. Uh, you're gonna get a lot of uh, outtakes and bloopers and uh, deleted scenes and such. So uh, to watch uh, uh, that happen on such a large scale, I loved. 
Speaking of loving, furthering my love is a girl by the name of Dear Nadia. I think I mentioned, maybe even gave myself a mental note on this very podcast uh, to look into uh, Twitch gamer girls to see if uh, any of them might be interesting to follow on YouTube or I suppose I could follow on Twitch. I don't really go on Twitch. Uh, So I came across this one, Dear Nadia. Uh, I've watched a couple of videos of her now. Uh, one in particular uh, was sort of blew my mind a little bit. Was uh, it's called Hearthstone Teachings? Uh, I, I think she does it as a series, actually. And you can uh, things I've seen about Twitch gamer girls are usually in the negative, like oh, they're just doing this, showing their boobs, and then getting views and raking in money, but they don't know anything of the games. Uh, I hear people say that and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe there's some like that, but come on, come on, gotta give them more credit than that. And I think after watching Dear Nadia here, uh, we can definitely lay to rest that thought when it comes to her because listening to her talk of Hearthstone and the math and the logic and the, and the sort of deep chess-like brain she has when it comes to it will, will knock your socks off just from a pure nerd standpoint uh but then also incredibly beautiful and charming and such so hey good all around folks that will leave the final thing to say which is of course it is nice to be nice to the nice done and done and i mean done done and done I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper